I'm Luke Summerhays, and I love the legendary birds. As I've been learning about Pokémon for this podcast, I've noticed the way the relationship between Pokémon and real-world mythical creatures has developed. In the early games, Pokémon seemed to take the role of yokai, magical creatures, and cryptids, in a universe which still featured ordinary animals. As the series lore became more established, it changed such that Pokémon exist in a world where they are the only form of animal life. This means that when the legendary birds were introduced in the first generation, they were exceptional even among a collection of already exceptional creatures. By the time we reach Galar, the status of Pokémon as a whole is not that different from ordinary wildlife in the real world, and thus the legendary birds only seem as rare as something like an unusual jungle bird in our world. It was interesting then that the Crown Tundra expansion, which perhaps served more than anything before to cheapen the status of legendary Pokémon with its Dynamax adventures, introduced us to some new forms of the original legendary Pokémon. The Crown Tundra DLC mostly consisted of a cool 3D map and a bunch of side quests to gather up legendary Pokémon. Among these was a trip to an enormous tree where the three legendary birds were scrapping. They scatter to the four winds, well, I guess only three winds, and Articuno is found in the Crown Tundra itself. These encounters are among the coolest parts of the whole expansion to Sword and Shield, really making use of the modern overworld to provide an experience of tracking down a monster. Articuno was always an ethereally beautiful Pokémon, but the Galarian form has let that go to its head. It holds itself with a real air of smugness, hovering using its new psychic and flying typing. Galarian Articuno's category is the Cruel Pokémon, and along with its masquerade mask, it feels like it represents an aristocratic villainy. Pokémon Sword tells us, Its feather-like blades are composed of psychic energy, and can shear through thick iron sheets as if they were paper. Pokémon Shield tells us, Known as Articuno, this Pokémon fires beams that can immobilize opponents as if they had been frozen solid. That last part is reflected in Galarian Articuno's signature move, Freezing Glare. All the Galarian legendary birds have a special move which uses their new typing but alludes to their original Kanto type. Freezing Glare is a damaging psychic beam shot from the eyes with a chance to freeze. Galarian Zapdos runs away to the original wild area. Seeing it sprinting around that map really reinvigorated the old wild area. I really hope future games give us more of these overworld Pokémon that have a real, tangible presence. Galarian Zapdos still has the jaggy electric design of the original Zapdos, but now it's a flightless, chocobo-like bird. As the only legendary bird that's stuck down on the ground, and with its powerful muscles and fighting type, Zapdos feels like the working man to Articuno's nobility and Moltres's tyrannical dictator. Pokémon Sword tells us, When its feathers rub together, they produce a crackling sound like the zapping of electricity. 
that's why this Pokémon is called Zapdos. And Pokémon Shield says, One kick from its powerful legs will pulverize a dump truck. Supposedly, this Pokémon runs through the mountains at over 118 miles per hour. Those truck pulverizing legs are represented in Zapdos' signature move, Thunderous Kick, a fighting-type attack which I assumed would have the power to paralyze, but actually just lowers defense. Finally, Galarian Moltres flies over to the Isle of Armor. Moltres perhaps looks the most like the original form, simply recolored and angry. All of the Galarian birds' shiny forms recolor them to look like the original Kanto versions, and with Moltres in particular it makes it look very similar. Pokemon Sword tells us, This Pokemon's sinister flame-like aura will consume the spirit of any creature it hits. Victims become burned-out shadows of themselves. And Pokemon Shield tells us, The sinister aura that blazes like molten fire around this Pokemon is what inspired the name Moltres. Moltres' move is Flaming Rage, which despite the name and visuals, is a Dark-type attack and can flinch opponents. After Articuno's freezing move, I really thought Zapdos and Moltres would paralyze and burn respectively, but no dice. They might not be as special anymore as when I first saw Articuno through some binoculars on my Game Boy, more than two decades ago, but I still have a lot of love for these brilliant birds. Music for Luke Love's Pokemon was composed by Jonathan Cromey. Artwork for the show is by Katie Groves. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to help keep it online, please consider supporting at patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius. While you're there, why not check out the other podcasts me and my pals create? I love it when listeners get in touch. Hit me up on Twitter or Facebook at LukeLovesPKMN. I want to hear why you love these monsters, whether it's a Pokemon we've already covered, or one that's coming up. Next week, we finally start the third generation with Trico. Naturally, Mudkip and Torchic will be shortly after, so please let me know your thoughts on all three of these. I love the legendary birds, and remember, I love you too.